0: Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today we are talking about seasons of real estate. Put
1: that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course.
0: I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent?
1: Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is
0: Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, guys, it is episode 31.
1: We're in our 30s.
0: We're, we're, we're in our dirty 30s. Um, we're getting close to the end of the year here. Uh, later in the episode, we're going to start talking about some seasonal... Uh, changes that happen in the market around this type of year. We're gonna go through some stories and some questions. Uh Matt Matt, I think's got some news for us today, but uh first off, jer how are you doing?
1: Doing all right. Feeling a little sick, Jeff. Um I'm gonna inch away. Yeah. Um, good thing we're not from, we're yeah, not sharing uh I sharing a, a microphone. Bubble. Um yeah. yeah, I'm I don't I was, know if I was it's licking l- your cup earlier. I guess that was yeah. a mistake. <laughs> It's just business as usual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. We're talking about seasons of real estate and and I don't know. If I feel like I might I think it's if it's officially a cold. I wasn't sure if it was just sort of the weather and it felt kind of down, but uh, yeah. it definitely feels like a, a cold. But I can I can hear it in your voice. It's I've got this burning sensation in my throat. <laughs> 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 and I've got this um it's like this spray. It's um I'm gonna show it to you. No one else can see it, but it's called chloroseptic. Just been spraying this on and it's been providing you spray that down your throat basically, and then you spit it out, it's cherry flavored. Have, um, have
0: you ever tried a neti pot?
1: No, can we not do this? Do you know what a neti pot is? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Matt? <laughs> It's it's the grossest thing ever, but it works when you when you've got like when you're all stuffed <laughs> up. It's like a teapot that you you pour the water down one nostril and then it pours out the other. That sounds awful. And yeah, yeah, and <laughs>
2: only water comes out
1: the other end, Jar. Yeah,
0: and uh, <laughs> sounds gross. And it clears out your sinuses. It's amazing. I don't, I don't and have disgusting.
1: Sinu- yeah, I don't have sinuses. Just a. It's just a weird throat thing. Yeah, but, um,
0: <laughs> I totally didn't mean to make Matt uncomfortable <laughs> with my neti pot. Matt, well, it's, it, this is
2: radio, Jeff. Like people are listening and they're trying to visualize it's, what's happening. You said neti pot, and now they're actually picturing it. Why did you do that to them? It's
0: theater of the mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was mean. Apologize <laughs> to the <laughs> listeners. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners.
2: <laughs> do you guys? You guys both have these things. No, I, my brother swears by it. I it, won't touch one.
0: I I had this is going to get gross, but I, oh. I I had a nasal infection years ago that I I could not get rid of, and then somebody told me to do it, and they they work. Like when, once once mm. you've got neti pot, you'll never go back.
1: <laughs> Can you just use a regular teapot?
0: <laughs> no, because you put. I mean, you could, but the important thing is there's like a like a solution that you put in the water. You're not just pouring water down your
1: oh, your nose. It's like it. salt water or something. Yeah, essentially. Yeah.
0: Huh? Yeah.
1: Well, good for the inventor of that.
0: Yeah. So, Matt, now that I've disgusted you completely, how how are you, sir?
2: I'm fine.
1: <laughs> it's not sick yet. It's no, coming though. I've been I've been almost
2: sick for like three weeks, but I'm kind of just enjoying uh, this show today because I I thought I wasn't going to be here.
0: Yeah, this was <laughs> a nice surprise. We thought we were. We were doing it without without you.
2: Yeah, and then last second I had a whole a whole day of uh, business scheduled that uh, was postponed until tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm coming in really unprepared, which is, is kind of fun.
0: Oh, that's out of character for Yeah, and I, <laughs> and I feel like
2: I, I don't have to be ashamed of that at all. So I'm just kind of a passenger. I'm yeah.
0: going to let that happen. Nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you did manage
0: to get a news story. I found a news story. Yeah, awesome. Oh, that's great. I had a little bit of rage Last night, filling out uh, not real estate related actually, but uh, filling out my daughter's preschool form. Jerry, th- this is you haven't had to do this stuff yet, have you?
1: Like regular rage. Regular rage,
0: <laughs> yeah. Did, um, have you filled out a preschool form for for Rosie?
1: We did a whole daycare application thing. No, yeah. she's only in daycare.
0: Okay. Matt, I'm sure has been through this. I we got the questionnaire. And the questions on this thing are so <laughs> stupid. My daughter is two. One of the questions was, "What special skills does your child possess?"
2: So, so that is more of a daycare or preschool thing yeah, than, it was a, preschool. than actual school, but, right? Yeah, I saw yeah. that junk from age two to five. Yeah, and I'm like, they're they're little tiny children. Like, <laughs> well,
0: what? Rachel's like legitimately stressing over it. She's like, what? How do what, we answer this? How do we answer this? I'm like, well, her special skills are falling down the stairs in her car <laughs> <laughs> and pooping herself. L- like, like, she she doesn't have... Sk- she's two. She doesn't have skills.
2: The questions are ridiculous. Yeah. I used to just look at them and be like, okay, look at it through the eye of the person who's going to be with my kid every day. What do they want to know? Because. You have two kids. You know that they're very different from each other. They are. So nobody yes. can make any assumptions about what their interests are. So the idea is, is ignore the question and just tell them how they can be helpful to your kid. This kid likes books. This kid likes cars, whatever it is. So I, <laughs> I
0: needed Fact Mat with me last <laughs> night
2: because Rachel was trying to
0: seriously fill out the form and, and Rachel's personality is she just stresses about these things. And I was just angry and answering stupid.
1: (laughs) It's all sarcastic answers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like,
0: yeah, tell her she's learning Mozart's Fifth Symphony. Like, like, what are we talking about special skills?
2: Our goals are staying alive. The the questions used to be, I imagine, a lot more deliberate, like the way I just framed it. Right. We've turned into this funny Instagram world where it needs to sound like it's a whole lot more than it is. Right, That makes a lot of sense. You're sending your kid do a special institution that thinks there, your child is special. Yeah. You know, say so like, look, I get it. Your daycare, you can teach my kids some stuff. Okay. What are you hoping you get out of this year? I don't know. I, I hope she knows how to like wash your hands before snack.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> hope she realizes that there are other children in the world. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then I don't get called in for a meeting. That's pretty much all I'm phone for. Just don't call me in from work. You do your job, I'll do mine. <laughs>
0: they were like, what six qualities best describe your child? And and you know, Rachel's like, Bold, curious, <laughs> adventurous. And I'm like, baby. <laughs> like, like. So I hope nobody from the preschool is listening because I might have just tanked Arya's <laughs> application. <laughs> so uh, before we get in talking about seasons, I think, Matt, you've got some news for us, Let's right? Let's talk some news. I've just been handed an urgent
1: and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
2: I got a newsflash for you,
1: Walter Cronkite. I am enlightened. Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it
0: live. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show.
2: I found a news story and I'm curious what you guys think about it just because it's not like... Real estate news, like we usually see about stats or um, different market forces. This is just one fancy property, and the news wanted to talk about it. So... It's an Arthur Erickson design home. It was in the late seventies, and it's being described in this article as what is um, quote unquote his uh, his greatest masterpiece, or what was it most um, most complete most complete masterpiece Arthur Erickson's. So he has incomplete masterpieces. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine sometimes his clients ask him to do something, maybe, and he's like, "That's not the way I would have done it." Okay. Or, now this one also it, the all of the furniture in the home was designed specifically to accommodate the house. And it was all done in cooperation with uh, the, the homeowner, the builder.
0: How old is the home?
1: Uh, I think it was finished it was in, in 88. Okay. Was it 88? I thought it was like uh, I think it was a
2: like
1: number two. Yeah. Yeah, it was in 80. It's just oh. after X-Boy. That's why it looks like an oh, x you're pavilion. Right. Yeah, 88. I think oh, okay. the reason why they're calling it the most complete is because he it was top to bottom, his design. and He had in, full control. Full, like all the furniture was done. To match the house. Like it was it's just the full the full meal deal. I huh. the flaw I see with this, this is probably gonna be so controversial. <laughs> um it's like it's a very nineties y sort of design, maybe a little bit deco, um gla- like lots of glass blocks, things that people hate in in like any any property you sell nowadays, um someone would want to gut the place. So
0: this isn't like buying a home, you're you're essentially buying a, a piece a work of, of art.
1: Yeah, you don't take like a Picasso or something or a group of seven and be like, you know what? They really missed. They should have added a cabin there. Let's <laughs> let's let's right. redo this a little bit. Like you, whoever buys it, they shouldn't touch it.
0: Is there hardwood under those carpets? It's oh, yeah. <laughs> under those glass blocks.
2: Yeah. It's the original owner that's selling it to, and the original wow. owner was 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 100 invested in every aspect of this build. So, but I mean, the article itself even says like, is the house going to stay? It's in the British properties. It's on a big piece of land.
0: And it's not like these heritage houses where it's It protected. has no
2: protected status. So there's, huh. there's a bit of a question mark that goes with that. Now, the price tag says you're paying for this house.
0: I can see why this made news. Because I'm intrigued. <laughs> like, like that's an interesting question.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Arthur Erickson, obviously, is an uh, amazing sort of name uh, to ever talk about in the region and to see something that he would consider his most complete work is is worth talking about. And it's on the market. So it's funny to see that of all of the properties we see day to day and throughout our entire careers, the the rare few that when they go for sale on the market, it's a news story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Hmm. I remember when Roberto Luongo's condo went up; it was in the news.
0: Yeah, but that see, that's a very different situation than this because that's about who owns the property. Yeah. Although I'd read a story about the condo that Roberto Luongo built. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and usually stuff like this, it's it's kept quiet in a sense, right? Like the, right. the the really wealthy people who didn't earn their wealth by being a celebrity prefer to be unknown right they prefer to be anonymous so these things don't come out until now there's no choice you have to put it on the market to advertise it and we all hear about it so it's in oh the so news. do you
0: think if this had been a year ago this would have just got privately sold
2: well it maybe could have except that they would have been maybe a bit scared to sell it privately because those most excited buyers wouldn't right. appreciate the the house okay right so yeah Anyway, it's always funny when a certain house hits the news, and uh, I just hope it stays. I mean, as much I I don't disagree with Jeremy. Like, there's some elements to it where you go, this isn't exactly how people would want to see these houses done, but I think a lot of people, the sentiment is pretty strong that you don't want this house to get removed.
0: Well, and just like there's a big crowd of people who want to buy an old Queen's Park Heritage home, there must be a large population that wants... An Arthur Erickson home.
2: Like that, that's gotta <laughs> exist. Yeah. Now, a new build out in the British properties right now, something on a big piece of land like this with a brand new house is maybe, now it depends on how it's designed, what the views are like. But it can be anywhere from 12 to, well, 10 to, let's say, $14 million. Okay. Roughly. Now this is kind of a bigger piece of land though. Maybe like, maybe 10 to 15. What do you think the price tag on this could be, Jeff? Obviously, well, I'll just tell you. I don't want to put you on the spot, but. Okay. Um, in, in keeping that in mind, a brand new house, this one, 16.8 million. Hmm.
1: So you're saying there's like a 50% bump on the price or so. And
0: less than 5% of homes for sale in West Van are selling right now. Oh yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's unlikely that it's going to be sold really just for the land because there's, there's such a premium to pay. No, at that price,
0: you're you're buying the ability to tell your friends <laughs> and family that you bought a piece of history that's yeah. you don't you don't pay that amount of money to develop it
2: i sure hope not i mean you
0: might not just pay that amount of money period the end they might just not get it. They the may west van market is is so weak right and now. i don't
1: think it's it's his most popular style that most people think of and and appreciate like it's it doesn't even really feel very like west coasty
2: it, yeah it's not his sort of trademark west coast So you
1: could say you own an Arthur Erickson-designed home, built home, but... It's got a lot more curves than he usually works with. Yeah, it's not... (laughs) You wouldn't look at it and be like, that's Arthur Erickson.
0: For the listeners, how would you describe the typical Arthur Erickson
1: home? Concrete, square, angles, not necessarily lots like that. One's got lots of radiuses and curves and things like that, so...
2: Yeah. Yeah, essentially everything we see today that looks sort of straight, boxy has some wood timbers, a little bit of you yeah. know cedar trim here and there. I mean, yeah. it's all rooted in his best work from the the '60s and '70s, which is actually kind of weird because I didn't, I forgot this. Erickson designed like the SFU campus.
0: Oh, you are cr- yeah, that's true. Isn't which it? is just yeah. lauded for
2: yeah being you know just feeling like a prison. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> But was you know modern concrete. So there's there's he's got obviously quite a broad portfolio. But uh, this is one of them. Made the news.
0: Now Now you want to get nuts? Come
1: on, let's get nuts.
0: You decide your own level of involvement. Well,
1: I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. Wrong. National debt. wrong. Wrong. Advocate. Wrong with that money. Wrong. 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 Very nice words, but to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple
2: Offers, a real estate show.
0: So we're coming into the holiday season, and I'm sure... Have we talked on the show, Matt, about how there's a real uh, seasonality to real estate?
2: I think it's come up a little bit here and there,
1: but we've never yeah. really broken it down we talked about like average markets but i feel like since 2008 it hasn't quite been i like to talk
0: about to people who don't understand how it kind of follows the school year uh
1: oh we've talked about this because
0: you said the
2: school year thing on the show yeah
0: (laughs) yeah so um we're coming now into the holiday season pop quiz matt any guesses on what episode
2: Uh, No, I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea either.
0: Do deals still
1: exist in real estate? If you
0: want to listen to that, go back through all of our episodes. (laughs) uh, um, But uh, we're coming into the holiday season. Uh, When you go into Starbucks, you can get an eggnog latte a peppermint latte is that how you
1: know it's the it's the winter market winter is coming
0: officially Yeah. what what latte are you buying when 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 pumpkin spice lattes stop and and peppermint mocha lattes begin
1: eggnog and yeah
0: yeah i feel like starbucks has officially given us the go-ahead that we're going into the christmas season um and real estate typically really slows down um at that time of year so we were kind of just thinking that it would be good to have a conversation of what does this mean if you're a buyer? Is it a good time to be buying? If you're a seller, should you be holding off? Or what should should you do? Um, do things still sell at all? Um, yeah, and, and one thing I, I did want to touch on just very briefly, October's sales numbers were nothing – like I don't want to get people's hopes up. They were not amazing by any sense. But one thing when I was looking through the stats of last month – is there were more sales in October, just a handful, than there were in September. And normally that's flipped. Normally September is a a busier month for condo sales.
2: I don't know about that. Well,
0: it... uh, Is that what the stats say? I, I do believe stats back me up on on that that there's usually a little a little surge and that uh, October goes down but I I could be wrong. Uh, well, that, I think
2: I think yeah. you, it's correct that there's a surge there's a surge yeah. of listings in September that turns into actually more sales. Yeah, typically, right after and, Labor Day. So, but there's more yeah. sales actually in October versus November, but then it's mm. a very steep yeah. sort of drop off um, because the inventory yeah. has to build. The activity builds through September and October. I think there it's probably pretty interchangeable from year to year.
0: It it may be. And I, uh, um, I'm going to put that on pause for just one second. Yeah, I'm ruining second. your point. And <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I, I, I appreciate being challenged. The one thing that it doesn't fit the narrative with is the market is continuing to
2: fall. Oh, definitely. Can't disagree with that.
0: Now, that's why I wanted to put the little caveat in there of like, don't lose your mind. <laughs> it wasn't like we're a year ago or anything. Um, But there, there definitely was, and I think part of that is interest rates. Um, But what what's going on? If you guys, let's start with sellers. If you guys are talking to a seller today who wants to put their home on the market, what what is the advice that you're giving to them?
1: You need to wait until (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Christmas is coming, or sorry, holiday is coming, um, and probably the new year. I mean, a lot of times I'll tell people just wait to see what well sometimes the market starts right in january like we've had it where you know, a couple of weeks into january you're calling those people that maybe just missed the boat for their for their listing and in the fall market it wasn't ready yeah. for whatever reason and oh crap there's we need your type of product right now there's buyers out there and it's not available so sometimes that can happen early in january sometimes it happens in february sometimes later
2: yeah i mean as a generalization as we come into the end of november the the general advice is going to be this: you're not coming into the best time to be on the market. But it really depends on your objective, and so oh, there yeah. there are going to be a lot of good reasons to actually continue to list your home for the next three weeks. Here we are right now; we're, in, we're we got one more week left in November. There's still a good a lot of good reasons to list your home, but you have to have a very clear discussion with somebody who's who's looking out for
1: you what would you say is a product right now that you're like we could probably squeeze this on and get it sold you're not moving probably until january or so but we can get it on every entry-level condo yeah
0: i I, i've got uh two one entry-level townhouse and one entry-level condo that i i launched this week and when we were going through the timeline i was telling them like like i'm i'm not of the opinion yet that we're at the don't bother. But we're getting so close, and I my advice to both of them when we w- talked a couple weeks ago was that it was this week <laughs> or we wait <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're right on
1: that one. are you thinking sub 400s for for entry level what you would describe as entry level?
0: no, uh, but bo- both of the, well, the townhouse is uh just over six, but it's it's a townhouse, so I mean that's an yep. entry level yep. townhome. Um, the condo might not be right to say it's entry level it, it it's new. It's a new two bedroom condo, and and it's um, it's gonna be uh, well, it's it's on the market as well, just just over six. Yeah, yeah.
1: For what's available in the three hundred, well, for the three hundreds, but up to around four hundred, they still seem to be selling fairly fairly well. So,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. Anything under four for sure is, I think, still busy. There's lots of people waiting.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a bit anecdotal, but I mean, for me, it kind of translates out to every year. But the clients I'm working with right now, as far as buyers if they haven't bought right now they're still hoping for more inventory and choice. Yeah. Like they're 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 still ready to be out there and looking. The only reason why we ever give the advice to a seller to not go on the market is because no one's going to come look at it. Right. And I I mean at this time of year there's still people who are like no no no, I got a good 2 3 weeks left in me where I'm very happy to keep looking. I understand that when I move into it mm-hmm. it will be next year. Yeah, but I would like to make a decision before you know I actually get into full holiday mode, and mentally, I mean, most of the population shuts down by about mid-December, right? And that's really what we're we're trying to to line things up for.
0: Yeah, I think the last two weeks of December are definitely nothing's happening, and the first two weeks of January, there's it's not a specific month, but there's almost a month of time where nobody's head is in the game. Yeah. I I'm terrified of getting anything even like completions around that time because I I'm like is anybody even at land titles I don't
1: know what's going on <laughs> like it uh, you wouldn't necessarily be listing a detached house right now
2: um depends
1: on the goal there could be a good reason to if yeah if there's some you're 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 meaning if there's something for them to go into or the the right product is out there.
2: Well, because if they don't list it now, and, and the whole reason to delay is to try to get a specific like strong price or strong look at it. I mean, we're pushing that to the middle of January. That's nearly two months from now.
0: I, one thing that's different this year, um, so I, I was talking to one client who's not able to make that date of this week. And they just said, okay, you know what, we'll get it all ready, and we'll list it two weeks into January the fear i have in the back of my mind is what if the market continues to fall and the market falling outpaces the seasonal boost that you would get um i also had another client who was thinking about pulling their their home off the market that hasn't sold and doing renovations and that really scared me like oh you're going to drop like 50 grand into this place and then list it in the spring and you know the listed in the spring traditionally has been a very strong solid idea i'm nervous about that that plan right now though just because we don't know what's what's coming
2: no we don't so i right now just try to focus on what is it you're trying to achieve with this move right yeah i feel good about
1: this frank
0: yeah
2: yeah you don't
0: i it's not that i don't feel good i don't feel good recommending for people to wait no it's way too early to wait right now
2: yeah, there's still time. I'd put anything on the market right now. I yeah. mean, there are buyers who are looking. The only reason not to is because you think no one's going to come for a showing. Because right. the price, the, the value you should expect from selling any property you own right now, don't expect it to be any better between today and the end of January. Right. And and even by the end of January, that's uh, just on a wing and a prayer right? Like that's, that's really not happening either. It's the market tends to actually increase in value according to seasonality by late February or March, but inventory starts to come back on in January. And the only reason why people wait till January is because they'll actually get eyeballs on the listing. You'll still get eyeballs today. So (laughs) that's, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, it's not about price. It's just about getting people through the door. And then the other part, if we're talking about sellers is just their own personal life and inconvenience that's a huge part of why nobody wants to be on the market after december 15th they're like guys i don't want to be on the market i want to be doing family stuff oh
0: that's a that's actually a really good point is part of yeah a hundred percent i agree you don't want people coming through your house and your in-laws are coming for the holidays you're busy enough getting it ready for them and to worry yeah a hundred percent
1: and we've all had deals like right up to Like Christmas time. I feel I can't remember it exactly, but I feel like I've had it even just like a few days before. Yeah, I negotiated a deal
2: December thirty-first or sorry, December twenty-third, I negotiated the offer.
0: Yeah, I mean (laughs) houses do sell in that time, just the volume is
1: and you get people too, and this this happens that it's just you get someone who has money, they work a ton, and their one break in the year is around Christmas time. Like Matt and I were talking about I think the corporate side of things. They don't they in, or maybe that's America. I forget. We were having a conversation a while ago, whereas that industry just kind of shuts down. There's not too much going on. And so people all of a sudden are free to go and uh, start looking at properties.
0: I, I was talking to an agent in Florida who their busiest times are summer and winter. Because when all the people who are not looking at places here, they're out there. And if they want to buy their vacation property, they're going to do it while they're out there and they can physically look at
2: them. Yeah, It's, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like the agent who I worked with where I have my cabin. Yeah. You know, I felt bad going there like on a long weekend to see the place. I'm, oh, I'm sorry you're showing on the long weekend. He's like, this is when I have to do all of my work because everybody comes from out of town to come see these oh, places. Oh, Interesting. So he has to work all of the holidays because people come to him to see properties. It's exactly like that. Right. Um, So if that's the case, then um, we talk about how a seller doesn't want their home on the market sort of nearing the end of December, just because it's intrusive on their personal life. So that's where we start to run into that. Where today, if we list a property, you mentioned that, Jeff, like you're listing properties this week. Yeah. They've got, what, three weeks? And if it doesn't work out, one out of those three is probably just taking it off the market.
0: Um, I don't think we'll pull it off the market, uh, but what does change tactically is right where you're at the point where if we haven't sold, where maybe it's time to think about a price reduction, I would say you actually almost want to wait a little bit longer. Like, I I would never do a price reduction in between Christmas and New Year's because so many people yeah, are no going to miss gonna it. You're going to lose all the buzz that you generate from, from getting that price reduction. I checked the stats, by the way, Matt. <laughs> um, September and October... Traditionally, the last few years in New West and kind of the cities around it, very similar number of sales. Um, sometimes there's a drop. Sometimes there's not. Inventory tends to drop um, because what you said, there's that massive boost, right? Everybody's waiting for Labor Day yeah, <laughs> to put yeah. their place on. There you go. Um, so just to go back to that. So I'll, I'll concede <laughs> that uh, the point was... I don't think I was wrong, but it wasn't as strongly as I was maybe (laughs) wording it. And it is weird for it to be up.
2: Um, Well, considering all of the, uh, just the rhetoric around the market right. softening, right? Yeah. So, so that's definitely the, the strongest part of what you're saying. Um, so, so with your listings, there probably going to keep them on the market. Um, that comes to a conversation I have with all of my buyers when we start to get to the coming into the middle of December and they're still interested. Yeah. Right? Well, there isn't much inventory on the market. And you're right. A lot of people will either hold their property and just take it off the market and relist in January, or there haven't been very many new listings for the last three weeks as we come into the middle of December. But those who stay on the market, who know they will be inconvenienced through their personal life and all the rest of it, they're on the market for a very clear, clear reason.
0: Well, buyers definitely feel that way. I I, I, I do hear you there. Um, It's tough, right? Because... There's only a few sales in December, but you're not going to be one of them if you come off the market. (laughs) Like, it's...
2: Well, that's it. And I'm not saying that they're, like, entirely desperate because they're still on the market, but what they're indicating is, yeah, I'm interested in selling. I'm not just dipping my toes in and hoping somebody gives me, like, a higher price than the market should because 20% of the listings out there, Mm -hmm. they're kind of like that. It's, oh, if somebody brings me, essentially, over market value, I would sell. Those people tend to not just let their listings sort of linger the ones who are on the market over the holidays are like i'm interested in selling
0: or maybe they're away on vacation <laughs> and they don't mind their realtor working over the holidays <laughs> yeah I, I i hear what you're saying though for sure um and Jer, what what are your thoughts on like do you like to pull listings off kind of mid-December or what what's we, your uh, we, recommendation
1: well, i play it by year. just depends on what's what's happening what kind of yeah. activity level but there's I, I get buyers that yeah like i mentioned that want a tour that you know you get depending you get some people that are just bargain hunters the yeah. thing is for buyers the flip side is that there's not you it's it's the selection's kind of been mold over already it's not usually the greatest the best stuff that's out there it's overpriced a lot of times
0: because there isn't the new inventory coming on yeah, yeah so
1: it's kind of a little stale so um for some of my investor guys there can be some good deals to be had the other agents phones not ringing they're not getting the showings i mean it's it comes with the time of year so um, is
0: december a good time for a lowball offer
1: yes
2: i mean it doesn't mean it'll go anywhere but yeah it's a it's sort of a good general time to say "Eh, i have a better shot with it now than any other time timmy could really use a bike for christmas (laughs) (laughs) well i find even like with sellers They just, they hit a bit of a wall where they've been really holding the fort for a couple months. Let's say the place has been on the market a couple of months and they're like, I'm not going to flex a lot. I'm not going to flex a lot. I can wait till next year. It's fine. Don't worry, guys. But if you just bring them an offer, they say, oh, well, this means I don't have to think about this anymore through the rest of the holidays. And I don't have to think about it for next year and start planning all this stuff. Oh, yeah, that 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 sounds pretty good.
1: <laughs> and to answer your question, uh, it's uh, the New Year is always a new uh, a relist, a fresh, fresh relist. Just depends on when it's coming off, whether there's a, a break in between there.
0: So, if you have a listing throughout December, you are going to relist it no matter what. One hundred percent talk talk to i mean i understand why but talk to our audience um, who might not know the new just to refresh
1: it you got new eyes oftentimes there's there's a new um, just like how with labor day you have new buyers that are coming on yeah. um new listings it's just it's a refreshed market so why not do another full push with the listing um, get it sent out to all the the buyers that have searches set up um, New, new new groups of open houses that are happening. So you get that new listing, get the right. fresh open you house, get fresh, fresh the- eyes. Yeah, and you got to get past that sentiment of, why didn't it sell? Right. <laughs> yeah. Why has this listing been on the market for 200 days or what, what have you?
0: D- Dad always thinks January is a fantastic time to be uh, for new buyers, specifically because a lot of people set a New Year's resolution of, this is the year we're going to buy a home. Yep. like it's it's well
2: that's how our that's how the seasonality of our market starts every year yeah is people spend the holidays planning saying oh this is it we're going to move this year this is the plan yeah we just got to get out of holiday mode yeah get some inventory on the market and we can start looking well and, and
0: rach and i the first time we bought we did that we we went away for the holidays we were able to sit around and talk we thought Hey, let's take a hard look at our finances while neither of us are looking. I th- I think we can afford this <laughs> and uh and by February we'd bought in our first place. Like it totally totally happens. So maybe not the best time to be selling cuz there's less people and the people who are buying think that you're in trouble. Is that is that what I'm hearing?
2: It doesn't mean it's not the best time to sell because it depends on what you're trying to do with it once you sell it. It's suboptimal. <laughs> <laughs> what well, it can be really good. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm representing a buyer right now in a transaction, but I'm looking at it from the seller's perspective. Like we made an offer and we said, okay, sellers, like we know you don't love what this offer is. Right. But there's a ton of products sitting out there right now for you to go buy at a good price. You try to hold out till January... You don't know what you're looking at and all the rest of it and and you've been on the market for two months. you think you're going to get a better price in January, probably not. What you know right now is there's a lot of inventory, so the money you get now may not be as much as you were hoping for, but it might go farther than you hmm. could ever be able to make it go. so there's that part that's that's kind of you know lends itself now this we're still in November,
1: that's
2: right. a harder argument on December twelfth
0: yeah I, I think two <laughs> weeks into december we're we're in trouble might be a good time to write those subject-to-sale offers. Because maybe you've got a way better chance of them not getting bumped (laughs) somebody else isn't going to come along and knock your offer out.
2: So I don't think sellers... Anyway, your question was like, are they in a really bad spot? And I don't think they are. Because if you really want to move, it's a chance to get something done. And there's opportunities to then make it all happen before, you know, the, the new year comes around and it's, there's a lot of comfort in that in knowing that you can then just spend the, the second half of December or whatever it is, knowing your, your plans are set.
1: And we always like, I know I always mention micro markets, but little things that are happening, whether it's condos, we talked earlier about yeah. different price points that are going, um, you know, you could have like listings that are, that are perfect for a downsizer, but the houses aren't selling. Mm-hmm. It's really contingent on that market. Um, so I mean that can that can affect things too, right? When when is that time going to be? If you know, if you start noticing that there's you've got in your back pocket some people that are waiting to list their place, right? Um, but they're just waiting to see what happens, and all of a sudden you start to see houses going, and you're like, "Crap, this place would be perfect. We need to seize the day, so to speak."
2: Well, and I think Jared mentioned earlier. Um, oh no, I forgot what he said about how there's less inventory. Right. And the and so it's stale. Like there's not so much to choose from. Yeah. So if I'm giving a seller advice too, if you maybe will be the good listing, yeah. Like there's some value in being on the market for that because you're going to stand out in a real enhanced way
1: mm-hmm. if you were the
2: good listing. And that goes to what I think about with buyers. So we're talking about like this the listings that are on the market are there because the sellers really do want to sell. Right. Right. Now I also tell sellers that time of year, don't expect a lot of showings. Because the buyers are checked out and they're thinking about other things in their personal life and they're not thinking about a move. But keep in mind, the buyers who are looking, they are not kicking tires.
0: Right. So each individual showing is actually higher value.
2: Yeah, there's a much higher probability. Like I say, as a rough number, 30% of the showings you get on your home when you're listed are people who are not ready to buy right now. Yeah. They're sort of just getting started.
0: Yeah. They're doing research or they are the neighbor. Or yeah. they...
2: Those people yeah. don't look right. over the winter season. So the showings you get are... Th- those people are hibernating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think you get a lot more qualified buyers and, and those people, if they see the right thing that they want, they're looking because they want to buy. Right. So they're going to pull the trigger. They're going to do something. That's why I'm telling, like, talking about that one. I always remember the deal I did on December 23rd. Still had this listing on. It was at a good price. Somebody went and saw it. They made an offer. And I'm like, no, you guys are here because you like it. We got something done. Couldn't believe it was all done. And then subject removal was something like December 30th or 31st. It was so weird to have to yeah. work through all there. But the right buyer, the right product, all the rest of it, it can all work out, right? Okay.
1: So is there like some advice here? <laughs> Other than... Maybe it's slow, but maybe it won't be slow. But maybe the spring is better.
0: Well, I, I think it's not. I I think the advice is probably that it's not hopeless. It it's not a time to definitively not list. Um, but I do agree with Matt that the people who are listing probably have a
1: reason. Mm. And don't expect like two and, dozen people. And at I your am
0: opens. A, I am a little nervous. Like the people who are on the fence waiting. For next year, I think the jury's still out on whether things will be better or worse. Come yeah, spring. yeah, I'd
2: rather see them sell now and buy something that's out there, right? So yeah. that's that's always the hangup now. For like, yeah. what's the advice here, Jeremy? Is your question is, yeah, if you can, if you're planning to sell, if you can see something that works on the other end, wherever you're moving to, if it's in town or out of town, then you do it now. You yeah. just have to have an option for where to go. That's that's the problem. Come December fourteenth is if I sell my place, what do I do? Because if there isn't a listing out there that I love right now, like I'm stuck. There's no new inventory from December 14th to January 3rd. January could be slow, too. For, for It could, mentality. yeah. Then you get the little trickle in for the first two weeks of January, and then everybody accepts that it's time, and then it comes on. So that's really the only hesitation for a seller. Like you gotta, you got to know where you're going. I've had some of them where they list that time of year. They're like, oh, no, I'm getting a job transfer, so it's fine. Right. We're going across the country. We're going to rent for three months, four months, whatever it is. So just liquidate and get me moving. That's fine. It's, oh, well, uh, th- i got three condos out here that I like right now that I could buy. Just sell this, and we'll be able to buy one of them. It'll be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe do a few practice tours. Be that thirty percent who's not ready to <laughs> to buy for the showing, because you know you know pretty quick. Like if you're going out with a buyer and everything they they look at, they're like, I could see myself living here. You're probably going to be fine. But if you're going out and you don't like anything. That could be problematic. Yeah, don't yeah. put
2: yourself in a corner, right? The amazing one isn't
0: probably just around, <laughs> yeah. around the bend.
2: And I don't want buyers to think that everything's going to be a smoking deal. But you know, you 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 don't have to compete nearly as much. Sometimes a really good listing comes on, and the other buyers aren't paying attention, and yeah. you can sneak a good property. Yeah, you know, without having to compete, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of good opportunity in different ways. It r- really depends on your objective. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right. Well. Unless you guys, do you guys have anything else you wanted to add to that? Or
1: do we want to bet a shawarma lunch on that the spring market's going to be fantastic?
0: I will take that bet. So, what you're you're and going are, to bet it, that it is going to be and fantastic? What's the, what's the metric? Um, I picked it last
1: time.
0: So, right now, I think sales in New West are 20 ish. Do we want to do percentage selling? Let's
1: do days on market. <laughs>
2: What episode was the bet, Matt? <laughs> I think it was, uh, that was a tricky one because we just threw that in there somewhere.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. Sales I think ratio for I attached
1: is like 20 and, and we're almost single digit for, we, we, for detached for New West.
0: Okay. So a traditional market over 20% is a smoking hot market, but that isn't fair because we're still over 20%, mm-hmm. but we're just moving in the wrong direction. Um, let's talk condos and townhouses because I don't. I don't think you want to take the bet if it's um, including houses. Or, yeah,
1: it's too hard to predict. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so condos and townhouses. I will buy you lunch if in April they are over thirty percent sales ratio. So calculated by the end of April. Uh, over is that a is that a fair bet? End of April. Yeah.
1: What if we do over 20% um, mid feb uh, end of February? 25. Matt. Well, Jeff's right. Like we're already pretty <laughs> much over 20. Yeah, now. we're we're at like
0: 22 <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's why I was trying to bring the months back early <laughs> yeah. early in the year in case in case you're, it's a you're slow trying, burn. You're trying to trick me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, why don't you think about that? Uh, Why don't we tell a story, and you can think about what you want to do for your bet?
2: It's story time with Jer.
1: Great story. Compelling and rich. It's not always my story? No,
0: it's not always your story. What if Matt has an awesome story to tell? Well, he can tell it to me or write it down, and I will (laughs) paraphrase. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. I was shooting a listing video yesterday. And PJ, my cameraman, got really excited because he wanted to shoot a time lapse of the the listing. So he's pointing it. The camera kind of is looking up at the townhouse. And you can see the sky in the background. And he's time lapsing it over 20 minutes. So it just looks like the clouds are, are whipping by. by. So he goes outside. He sets his camera up. He's like, I'm going to shoot this time lapse. and And then we'll do the rest of the shoot when I'm done that. And I'm like, OK, cool. So I'm just in the condo, and like two seconds later, he comes back in. I'm like, did you finish your time-lapse, Peach? And uh, PJ's a a really good buddy of mine.
2: Hold on a second. PJ's already an abbreviated name. I don't think you can call him Peach. No, I I call him Peach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, P- carry on. Peach and I were roommates
0: <laughs> for a while, uh, but uh, it, was
2: getting, it was really just like, exhausting calling him BJ. Yeah, PJ.
0: No, you know why he got the name uh, Peach? I can tell you because we had another friend named VJ, and it was in, it was actually like you wouldn't hear the difference, but then VJ became Veech. <laughs> and then it got, became a problem again. So anyway, PJ <laughs> comes back into the condo, and it's like two minutes later i'm like is your time lapse done he's like no i'm like well don't you got to be out there and he's like what's gonna happen the camera's sitting there for 20 minutes it's fine we can talk about the shoot so we're talking about the shoot and then we get out on the balcony and we're going over it and pj's like looking over the balcony i'm like what are you looking at he's like my camera's not there yeah <laughs> I'm like- not surprised <laughs> like yeah your camera's not there and it it wasn't anything nefarious he had set up his camera on a bunch of like they they're doing some uh work in the building like on the fences or something they they'd had like plates of wood on a parking spot and he thought that was the perfect angle yeah. so he put it there and then they they moved the wood and took his camera with them <laughs> so he had to go running down the street chasing these construction guys <laughs>
1: Did he get his camera back? He
0: did get his camera back. Um, if you've ever met PJ, uh, he's the most charismatic human being that's ever ever lived. I've never met somebody who doesn't doesn't love this man. Um, so I mean, he had three construction worker best friends who were offering to help him. But by, by the, <laughs> the end of, of it, um, I mean, he had BC Floor Plans photographer. Who also showed up at that time, subscribed to his YouTube channel before she left the photo shoot. And his YouTube channel is on like working with kids with special needs. Oh, I've talked to you. I've yeah. I've mentioned um oh, what I'm blanking on what the name of his channel is. Uh The Learning Project or the Awareness Module is is the name of his channel. And like he had new subscribers just from hanging out doing the <laughs> shoot. Like, like it uh but anyway, I instead of being a good friend and helping him chase down the camera, I just videotaped it on my cell phone of him running after them. <laughs>
1: huh.
0: And that was my How
1: millennial of you? But he got it. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. Oh, yeah, he got it back. was it a nice camera, or was it just a phone?:
0: No, it's like a little power shot uh, huh. like prosumer level yeah camera. Yeah. It's a pretty sweet little thing, and he's got it on he's got a cool gimbal that for the time shot will do the super slow move. Mm. so that when you loop it all together that you've actually got like a tracking shot Mm. but the gimbal's
1: probably worth more than the camera
0: uh it's probably worth the same i would think yeah so anyway that's my story have you figured out if you want to take my bet or not uh jerry no no okay
2: well compelling (laughs) 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 tune in next week uh do we have a question i do have a question cool Check out the big brain on Brad.
1: How's it working out for you? What? Being clever.
2: Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show.
0: So this question comes from a listener who is a brand new realtor who also works in our office no collusion no collusion um i had lunch with uh eli who's a brand new agent in our office
2: hi eli thanks for listening
0: he just got our um or he just got his license and he actually mentioned that he's been listening to the show and that it's been really cool so that that was kind of fun that's awesome but he was asking me a bunch of questions about getting started in real estate and i thought i would pass some of that on to you guys because he'll probably hear it and it's just kind of interesting um so his big thing was where should he be focusing his energy as a brand new agent who's doing it on his own. So he doesn't have a team like kind of some of the models we talked about in the Denny episode of he doesn't have a mentor, somebody who's specifically kind of guiding him and helping him generate leads. So he's thinking about open houses, he's thinking about door knocking, cold calling, all of it. What advice would you guys give to Eli?
1: Don't door knock.
0: So I I agree with that.
1: Don't don't do it. It
0: breaks my rule of don't do things you don't want done to you. It's a very
1: Christian rule.
0: Is that a is that a Christian rule? Uh, sp- sounds like it. Christian house <laughs> rules?
2: I mean it's it starts with you got to know enough to be dangerous. Don't bother knocking on doors if you don't have any yeah. knowledge to share with those people. Yeah. Don't just hope that they're just going to open the door and say, "Yeah." list my house. Right. Like, you got to know something. Yeah. So you have to build your knowledge base. You can't expect, you know, business to necessarily just sort of fall in your lap, but you've got to work just to learn.
0: Do you remember where your first deal came from? This is for both of you. That wasn't, like, Matt, you were working under Jerry. Yeah. Do you remember the first deal that you generated the lead, that it had nothing to do with Jerry?
2: No, I don't okay it it was all it got blurry it was very very blurry like the the second or third day i was working with him he was like hey i met these people at an open house on the weekend and um i told them they're going to work with you yeah (laughs) and then i was working with them yeah like we'd been a partner for partners for like three days right so i call him up and i'm like hey rob and rob was one of my very first clients yeah and I've done like eight transactions with Robson's and he sends me referrals and all the rest of it. He's one of my very best clients nice. and just an all around good family. Everybody, yeah. everybody, good people. But so that's why I remember that one. But so much of it was coming from the team. My job was just to to fill all the hours and do all the work. It wasn't really to get the leads. Right. Jerry's name was getting all the leads. I was just supposed to do something with them.
0: And a lot of the stuff you guys generated got phased out because Jerry phased himself out. Like some of the... Uh, Farming, which if the listeners don't know, uh farming in real estate is uh junk mail. <laughs> uh, not necessarily. I know, I know it's not junk mail, but we're <laughs> no. <laughs> but the, ad, the idea yeah. isn't just
2: to mail people's houses when we're talking about farming. Is right. to, to choose a very localized area and say I want to be known. Yes. In this area,
0: and but pieces of mail is a large component yeah. of, could, that, of could, that strategy. Well,
1: it could be lots of different angles. It could be creating a community group on. You know, Facebook. If sure. people still use that, um, you could uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could just choose open houses that are within that neighborhood to get your sign out there. Oh, that's interesting. We, I,
0: I would not consider open houses
1: part of your farming. I mean, it's part about of farming. Exposure I, it makes sense what you're saying, but exposure it just exposure within that community, right? I wouldn't
0: think it would make sense to me to do open houses in a farm if farming was part of my strategy. But open houses feel like a separate.
1: Farming, farming always, it feels like in our context, like it's its marketing efforts. It's yeah. just
2: consistent marketing in a very, very specific area. Okay.
0: okay. Anyway, so, way back to my, my point is yeah. there's probably a bit of I don't know where Jerry ends and Matt begins with the farming efforts because Jerry phased himself out of that. And you guys seem to pretty seamlessly then kind of... Shift that It, it through, was a right?
2: three- to four-year transition. Yeah. yeah. Where it was like one year, it was Jerry and Matt. And then the next year, it was Matt and Jerry. And then, and then the, next Wait year, a and the next year- the next year, was a little more Matt and a little less Jerry. <laughs> Jerry's picture is <laughs> getting a little <laughs> smaller.
1: I don't think any new agent should be really f- worrying too much about farming or flyers. Like, there's enough stuff to pay for, and you don't know where your paycheck's coming from next, when, if. Yeah. Um, to throw on another couple grand worth of bills every month. Yeah for a farm it just seems like it's not the best well, idea to do right away
0: and, and something and you guys correct me if i'm wrong because i am not a farmer that's not how i built my business. but your dad is um <laughs> literally uh farming takes a long time to pay off right like it's not like you send a community two newsletters and all of a sudden you're getting
2: listings if you farm by newsletter it can take a long time those yeah. ambitious people who know enough to be dangerous and yeah. want to just knock on doors can convert a farm very very quickly now, ah, you've okay. got you to have your feet on the street. You've got to, you know, just bust your tail doing it. Yeah. You've got to have a lot of guts to stand out there, those doors, and have a lot of doors closed in your face. And then when somebody does want to talk to you, you have to, have to know have enough to, be to prove to them. So going back to Eli's original question is you need to find a way to learn. And it's hard to learn if you're not doing any business. Right. So you need to go to open houses. You need to shadow people and ask them if you can just be at their open house. Mm-hmm. and just be around and just hear them talk. You need to be going on a realtor tour. So, you know, a, a lot of different regions do a tour of new listings every week. That's kind of winding down because of the seasonality of things now and there's fewer new listings, but you just need to go and see that product.
0: Tour is and fantastic. Hear though.
2: the other realtors yeah. talk about it, hear the good things they say, the bad things they say, and just try to take it all in. But that's, I mean, any new person, you got to learn. And if you don't have a mentor to teach you and you're not doing business, you can't just keep waiting for the phone to ring to learn. You got to force yourself into a situation where you're going to be exposed to real estate.
1: I thought our office had there was like a thing for new agents that they need to be mentored under somebody, but I, I, I think that wasn't necessarily. I think the they case. do. I,
0: I I think I think they do for sure. I I think um, I think Eli and a lot of other new agents are just trying to take it all in. Right, it's so overwhelming at the at the start. So, Jerry, you were saying farming isn't the route you'd go down. What would be the if you could only pick one thing to do at the start, what would it be
1: um I just I think open out if there's really just one thing, yeah <laughs> like, um, like I haven't quit my other job yet, yeah, like yeah, i it would be four open houses a weekend, yeah, and I would say try and be deliberate about it, like maybe maybe have an idea in your head of where you want to work or what type of inventory or what type of um maybe even demographic that you think would respond to your style. Mm-hmm. Just know that you can't be a luxury specialist out the gates. Yeah. Don't it's not like none of us haven't thought about that. <laughs> 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 I'm just not gonna sell cheap condos. Um but but you can be intentional and you can stick if you want to pick. I mean I picked a small neighborhood um like the key when I first sort of when I first decided to start being more New Westminster focused, um, I took a very small neighborhood and yeah. tried to get open houses from other agents in my office. Um, it helps being at an office that actually has inventory in those neighborhoods and in those areas, so that you could you could work them for the other agents. If you're at an office somewhere that's not doesn't have inventory in the area that you want to work by your house or something for whatever reason, uh, that, that you're probably setting yourself up for failure um unless yeah. you're just a crazy charismatic good salesperson you could just close anybody um and you can just like you hear that term fake it until you make it if you're one of those guys who can do that then mm-hmm. then fill your boots that's fine but uh but if i would find a neighborhood find a and find I think a as, zone as the
0: consumer gets more knowledge which they are getting more and more knowledge fake it till you make it they'll see right past. oh you. i think it's so <clears throat> garbage The the one piece of advice I would hit on that that you guys haven't touched on yet, and this won't work for everybody because I decided to work in the community that I grew up in, is when I got my real estate license, I contacted everybody I knew from, like, my graduating class in high school, anything I'd done anybody with. I tried to get as many people as possible, and with Instagram and Facebook and all that, it's really easy to actually send them messages now. It's easier than when I did it, and I just tried to have coffee with anybody who I was like, oh, I – I like reconnect with and I wasn't there saying hey be my realtor but I did want to I wanted to learn about what they were up to now and I wanted to tell them about how excited I was that I got my real estate license and and would it be okay if I you know a few times a year I send out a bit of real estate info can I put you on the list and I mean I I still get business from those people that I
1: yeah I I definitely did that too when I started yeah Uh, it was recommended by the training person or whatever at the office I was at, but yeah, it didn't come natural. It felt a little bit superficial. Um, just didn't quite feel like I, if I haven't talked to this person in a while and all of a sudden, like it's cause I need something. It's like, yeah. And that it had that, it felt just a bit dirty, but it's kind of necessary. I mean, you need when you, for when you start, you need like, if it wasn't for family and friends putting their trust in me when I first started, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't, you know. Well, and, and to, for
0: that to not feel dirty, I think it, you have to actually care. Like you have to really want to catch up with that person that sure. you contacted and you have to genuinely be curious about what they've been doing with their life and what sure, they've done. Sure. And and I usually made a joke about the the real estate part. Like I'd be like, "Look, I'm doing this. I send out a bit of propaganda. Like I
1: I I have I'd, a business card." Yeah, yeah,
0: totally, right? Like
2: <laughs> I'm a big
1: deal.
0: Yeah, like and I don't know. I I never felt dirty about it at all but i i i genuinely did want to know what they were doing and to catch up like the people i was contacting with were people i was like oh i wish i'd stayed in touch with these people
1: yeah um i feel guilty just having a facebook account yeah
0: that's weird <laughs> <laughs>
1: i have no business being on this platform <laughs> huh.
0: well a- any last minute advice for eli before we before we wrap this up
1: shadow somebody be careful i have heard from other agents about um other like newer agents that have they were sold an idea that there was going to be all this support and help from an office, and then they didn't quite feel that way. This is not it's not from our office or anything, but I'm just talking about other offices. Yeah, uh, you're going
0: to get yourself fired here. What's happening? Yeah, <laughs> but you could,
1: you know, you, you might not, you might need to talk to your broker about putting you in touch with the right person at the office. Because some people, have, I've heard stories you ask people, and then they just all of a sudden, they're like, no, we're competition, and obviously, we live in a very collaborative office, but there's that well, that feeling their of that. agents will
0: try and take advantage of the free. And labor the, and they that's can get. the other
1: side is is yeah. is signing up for bad deals. I would say new agents should just be cautious of that because yeah. next thing you know, that guy who is just helping you fill out that contracts, like, oh yeah, by the way, like I'll be taking fifty percent of that that for, deal, and you need every of the penny of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, just yeah. be careful because that's that was some scenarios that I was hearing from some some newer agents who were, it was like, that's really. Sh- uh, Really crappy that that happened because that's not, doesn't seem fair to me. So be weary. Yeah,
0: that's really good advice. So I think that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get a hold of Matt or Jeremy, you can find them at the newwestguys.com. And if you'd like to reach out to me, Jeff McLennan, I am at realestatenewwest.com. If you've been enjoying this, please take a second and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us get out to more and more people. And please come back next week. I think we're going to be talking about Stratas.
1: So I'm just wondering your guys' thoughts on, because um, I don't know the answer to this, but I've been taking my kid to swimming lessons, which isn't really swimming lessons because she's a year and a half old. What and are so her special skills?
0: <laughs> her, special,
1: her special powers are when I, bo- when I blow in her face, she immediately closes her eyes in her mouth and I dunk her head underwater.
0: Oh, my kid was defective. Asher didn't do that. I know the kids are supposed to do that but he totally didn't do that
2: we didn't do any of that stuff yeah it's not swimming lessons it's go dunk your kid in the cold water and see how much they hate you I I
0: will say though that as as a kid who was terrified of the water until I was like 10 years old I see the value in getting kids in the water right
2: away. No, but you can take them when they're, like, two and a half. You don't have to do it when they're three months old.
1: Yeah, and that's the, the old weird kid in the class. All the, <laughs> all the babies are like, why is this, like, three-year-old in my baby class? My kid dunked her head first out of all five <laughs> kids in that class. <laughs> so <laughs> He said, hey, there. hey, Cammy, do you mind? Uh, you're going to have to put your head underwater here, and I'm going to move you across. You okay doing that? Yeah, that sounds good. Sure, okay, let's So what we do, do. Like, I'm going to blow in your face. Oh, okay. Just tell me when you're going to do it. Okay. Whereas I have to, you know, I need to use the element of surprise <laughs> okay. to get her head underwater. Um, so, anyways, back to my question. So, is there like a temperature that pools have to be at, like legally
0: for, for babies or I, for?
1: What I'm getting at is CGP ha- is it's s- like a lake. So cold. It's 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 freezing cold in there.
0: In the kiddie pool or in the, the in whole, the main section? The whole main pool. No,
1: the teaching pool. The teaching. Have you not been to? Have you been to CGP? Yeah, I was a Hayek. No, but it, anyway, it's cold. Canada Games Pool has probably got to be one of the coldest indoor pools. The in, trick is, in you all s- of you Canada, s- you I think you're Swim
0: right. and then you warm up.
1: No, no,
2: it's cold. Every kid comes out of those lessons blue. <laughs> My kid's turning
1: blue. She's staring at Your lips. Is this
0: a thing sh- that I just don't shaking. know about? Like is is this a total like issue with Canada games? Oh yeah, because I'm not I'm not like doing this to be interesting for the podcast. I I have no you don't know Jeff. No, I I have
2: no knowledge. Jeff hasn't been a Hayek for years. Well, no, of course not. (laughs) I dare you to just go onto one of your little Facebook moms groups and just put CGP cold question mark. I'll have
0: to get Rachel to do that (laughs) because I I, I'm not allowed in a moms group. But okay,
2: yeah, cold question mark, and you are going to get. Bombarded. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for the new
0: I'm, pool. I'm gonna put it in the new West Dads group right now and we'll just see. It is so we cold, get a it is
1: ridiculous. But that's but my other question that I wanted to ask. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wasn't <laughs> was um and I just wanted to get Jeff and Matt's opinion. Do we want the extra lanes or do we want the um the, the kitty ducky lazy river um pool? I abstain. You can't abstain. <laughs>
2: It's a contentious issue and I don't swim enough in either capacity to to have to, to need to voice an opinion. I think the people who use the pool should have their opinion. I don't use the pool. My kids had their lessons, they know the basics of swimming. We swim at the lake now. We okay, don't everybody swim keeps
0: at all. saying lazy river, and I don't think I have a clear idea of what
2: that's. Well, as a
1: Hayak you default, you have to say extra lanes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I have to say extra <laughs> lanes. Yeah.
0: As as maybe the worst Hayek that ever <laughs> swam in Canada Games pool. Uh yeah. But I, they let
2: you k- stick around and pay your fees every year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was a terrible swimmer. Or or a terrible kayak. I I came in last in all my competitions. Oh. Uh, but then I'd swim against my friends and I'd be faster than them and I'd be like, Oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> um so what is this lazy river and why is everybody always It's like talking a river,
1: about? it's I don't, I don't know how wide. Six feet wide, eight feet wide. Okay. Anyways, it just snakes around. It's got a bit of a current. You can kind of go in and out, and it's got like little shower thingies, and there's just little turbulent areas. It's off to the side, but it's you can its own cool. thing.
2: It's like going for like a tube ride down, like a yeah. So you just ch- you can go chill on floaty.
0: Why is this an either or thing? It takes up the there's, space. There's that only the, enough room for.
2: There's only enough either room or. For, or. Either or. Okay. Yeah. And everybody loves the Lazy River at
1: Edmonds Pool. Loves it. They drop like a couple thousand rubber duckies in it. And so the whole thing's just, kids love it. And it's warm. Yeah. Um, and it just looks like something that everybody, like adults are, everyone's in it. Not even yeah. just children. It's just an awesome, <laughs> awesome, fun time thing to do. Yeah. Uh, unlike a, a boring lane that you use for nothing.
0: Well, you don't use it for nothing. It's
1: for swimming. For one, it's for swim- sorry, <laughs> one person gets to go back and forth. In it, no,
2: you so. can fit like twenty people in a lane. You gotta you wrote, like switch. You, gotta, you go on the right side. It's like driving in a car. Like yeah. within a lane, you go both directions. If I was in a
1: lane and and you started coming in swimming in my lane, I I, I might find that upsetting. Okay, well you're doing it wrong. <laughs> this is my lane. You're I getting
0: put, you're getting possessive about the about the lane. So uh, <laughs> I put
1: my phone, wallet, keys uh, on, on the end of the wharf at the pool, and I go in and I do my swimming and that's like clearly that's my lane you stay out of it so that's not how it works um i don't swim and i've never
2: oh oh. what
0: we already have a reaction (laughs) to help me settle an argument canada games pool too cold so atlin writes for younger kids and just hanging around yes However it is ideal for swimming laps.
1: <laughs> Go back to work. <laughs> you should be working <laughs> 2:30 in the afternoon on a cake. <laughs>
2: Let me tell you something about swimming laps. I don't swim laps. I've never swam (laughs) laps. But when I went to UBC, I didn't live in residence, and I needed a warm place out of the rain to study, and a lot of people would go to the pool. That's where you go. There was a set of bleachers up above the pool. So I've seen thousands of people swim laps, and you can fit tons of people in one lane. You swim on the right side next to the buoys. You go along. You turn around. You go back, and you just cross paths with each other. And the people who swim lanes, they do this seamlessly. Yeah. And and they get progressive. The lanes get pro- progressively faster as you sort of move across the lanes. Like if there's five or six lanes, the slowest people go in the slowest so lane. So you're saying you
1: can get five or six people in a lane?
2: Well, they're not all at the
0: same spot in the
1: lane. No, I'm saying how many people you, we get an extra lane at CGP, and you know where I'm going with this. How many people do you think you can get in a lane?
0: Well, but what does it bring to the pool if you can hold a competition there and have yeah, an it's extra about- lane for, for the event?
2: You need a minimum number of lanes to have a competition. That's yeah. that's the argument here why they want more lanes. It's not for recreational swimmers.
1: It's, it's for, for competition. And, and,
0: and this is the origin of Canada. It was for the Canada Games. Like it was it was supposed to be a competition pool. That was the the yeah. whole idea of it to begin with. Not that that means that has to be it forever. But
2: that's it's why you need the lanes. Time. It's not for the recreational swimmer to be like, oh, I need more lanes. It's to have competition. You can fit. You can always squeeze people in like, as do, doing their fitness into the number of lanes that are there. Yeah. You might have to overtake people sometimes, and you work it out, but you can do that. If you want to have a competition pool, that's another thing. Now, I look at a competition pool, not being a swimmer, and I go, okay, well, what's the economic benefit of this? Like, why are we saying this is a good thing for New West? Because... If we have a swim club and they can train and they can go compete somewhere else, that's good enough. If we need to host an event, why are we hosting an event? should be for economic benefit, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine bringing people to the New West. The only problem is we only have one hotel in New West, and I don't know if that's where the competition people stay. Um, so if they're not staying in New West and they're staying at a hotel outside of New West, then they're not really
1: having bringing any economic benefit to New West. So Matt is pro-ducky swim, no, I'm indifferent.
0: No, Matt, Matt, don't put Matt in a corner. <laughs> Nobody puts Matt in a corner.
2: <laughs> I don't want the Hayek people to hate me, but I'm just saying, like, if if, if you're doing it because you want to have an event, and that's that's great, you're proud of what you do. Yeah. But as as a resident of New West, like, what do you what do you bring in?
0: I hope Rosie becomes a Hayek, <laughs> and one day is like, Dad, if it wasn't for you. Always complaining. We would have had a competition level pool. I'll be be cursing the whole way to Coquitlam
1: or Burnaby for swim meets.